Welcome to A Bun Dance. You guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. Today we have the remarkable Mark Santilliano with us today. Uh, a couple of months ago, we had his lovely wife, Solvay on. So we're super excited to have Mark here with us today. And we have a lot to, to share with you. Mark was one of our great professors at Mercyhurst University in Erie, Pennsylvania, where Chris and I both got our BFA from. And we learned so much from him. And so we're excited for all of you to hear about his story. So thank you so much, Mark, for being on the podcast. My pleasure. And thanks for having me. And you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've had the pleasure to hear some of these great stories over the years from you. But we're excited to learn more today and to hear some of them again. So can you start off with speaking just on your early training? How did maybe music, gymnastics, and martial arts also play into this? <laughs> You're a very multi-talented person. <laughs> um, okay, let me, I guess we'll start at the beginning. I, I grew up in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, and you know, my family wasn't particularly uh, artistic or anything like that as far as, you know, parents or, you know, forcing us into anything. Um, I was, you know, all, all the kids, the four of us, uh, we all took our piano lessons and things like that. That was that was sort of required, at least for a, a minimal amount of time. Um, but, uh, you know, the dancing thing was certainly not on the radar at all. And, uh, you know, so I was just more interested in music. Um, you know, I had two of my siblings were brothers. So there was always like the sibling rivalry going on. So, you know, when my brother Keith started learning to ride the unicycle, it's like, well, I've got to learn to ride the unicycle too. And when he was doing gymnastics, hey, I've got to learn to do gymnastics. And when I started doing martial arts and my brothers, you know, Keith had to pick up on that. And, you know, Lee was, you know, playing music and doing things. So I had to do that. So there was always like the sibling rivalry. We had a trampoline in the backyard. And, um, and I, I got to say that even though I wasn't training and danced, spending hours and hours and hours <laughs> every day on the trampoline, you know, trying not to get killed by my brothers, basically. Uh, you, you learn a lot of, of like self-control, body control. How, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you control your body when you're flying through the air and your brother tries to swipe your feet out from underneath you? Uh, you know, so, um, so you, you learn a lot about just, you know, how to, how to move your body. Um, in addition to that, I was into, uh, you know, my, so my sister was into the marching band. So I got very interested in marching band. And if you think about that in terms of dance, you know, it's, it's music, it's movement, it's formations and all of these things. Um, so that was also, I consider that early training for, you know, what became a dance career. Um, I mentioned the martial arts. Well, you know, I wasn't interested in really fighting, but there's a thing called kata, 
where you just you learn and you know that also known as forms and you you do a little routine um and you know so that's that's choreography so again all of these things kind of fed into what became uh my dance career um when i was in junior high i I went out, you know, just a little social dancing with my older sister and, and I ended up dancing with, with a young, young woman named Donna. <laughs> Actually, she was older than me. So it was an older woman and I was out dancing with Donna. And um, anyway, Donna had a friend, Melanie, and Melanie was involved in a little neighborhood performing group. Um, and they performed at, you know, the mall and, sh and, and, uh, and nursing homes and, you know, just kind of little things. Anyway, they were, of course, always in need of a male dancer, like so many dance organizations. And um, when Melanie said they're looking for a dancer, Donna said, well, you know, Lynn's little brother, you know, he, he dances. And so I, I was asked to audition and I went into this woman's basement you know, in the suburbs and I auditioned for Mary Buttermeyer and I get into, you know, this, this little dance performing group, actually we sang too. So it was this, this little performing group. And, um, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm started performing and, um, and did some choreography for them. And, we, we performed at the Palace Theater at Six Flags over Mid-America and we, you know, with a, with a live stage band, Youth Stage Band USA. And we, we did that. And, uh, and next thing you know, we had a gig out in Hawaii. So I'm flying out to Hawaii and performing. You know, we didn't get paid. We had to pay our own way. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing gigs in Hawaii with, with this group. And it's like, hey, this is kind of interesting. Anyways, I get into high school and I, I auditioned for the, the talent show and they actually have a dance concert and um, I'm performing for them. I end up the, uh, the student director for the dance concert. Keep in mind, I haven't had any classes yet, any real classes, but I'm choreographing and I'm performing and doing this stuff. Um, I get into college, okay, and here's where the, the training begins. I get into college, and uh, a roommate of mine gets me involved in playing the pit orchestra for the musical No No Nanette. And I'm sitting in the pit orchestra playing for this musical, playing a saxophone. And I look up on stage and I realize I'd rather be up there than down here in the pit. The very next week was an audition for a dance concert. This is in college. <clears throat> um, and so I show up at the audition and there's, they're speaking a foreign language. They're speaking, they're saying, they're speaking French. They're saying things like pas de beret. They're saying things like chasse. And I have no idea what any of that means. And I basically said, show me. Yeah, I can do that. And I auditioned and I ended up in the show and I ended up with a little featured spot. Actually, I ended up playing piano for that show as well. Um, a little bit, you know, so the music background kind of fed into that as well. 
but uh, but they they created this little solo for me, and I'm doing some martial arts, spinning my nunchucks and things. And there was some gymnasts and had me jumping off of six foot platforms and all this stuff. Anyway, it's just like this little punky freshman. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll do anything, whatever you want. <laughs> and that's uh, that's how I got into um, like studying dance. So, like the very next semester, I signed up for classes and. I took my first ballet class so I could figure out what chasse meant and what pas de beret meant. And, um, and anyway, so uh, that was the start of the career. By the end of my freshman year, um, was, yeah, heading in for the summer and my teacher, Cheryl Miller, whom I adore and just love with all my heart, and was a big influence on me. Cheryl said, you know, what are you doing for the summer? I said, I have no, no idea. I had no plans because, you know, I was still just this punky little kid. Um, and she said, well, she had a colleague that was choreographing for a summer stock in Texas. And they needed, uh, like, all, like everybody else, they needed some male dancers. And um, so she recommended me. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Um, <clears throat> so with less than one year of training, I have a paid performing job, pseudo professional, uh, working on an Indian reservation in Livingston, Texas, the Alabama Cushata tribe of Livingston, Texas, doing a show called Beyond the Sundown. And it was, you know, it's just a chorus boy. And, uh, you know, so I, I played a Texas rebel. I played a Mexican soldier. I played a Native American warrior. I played an underworld god. <laughs> you know, all this. I had to wear body makeup head to toe. And all this stuff. And, you know, it was in the Texas summer heat, summer of 1982, and, you know, dancing on a hard concrete stage, an asphalt stage, and there's mud and mosquitoes and all this, everything. And, you know, for a whopping, I think, 90 bucks a week. And night after night, seven shows a week or six shows a week, six nights a week. I'd be out there and I'd be just laughing to myself, thinking, I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> um and and anyway so you know going off and and having to treat it like a job you know whether or not you were in the mood to do the show or not you know and and you have to do the shot the show and it's it's hot and it's nasty and you got body makeup on and all this and 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 you kind of learn a lot about just kind of self-discipline and treating it like a professional, you know, the audience didn't care whether or not you were in the mood to do the show because they paid their 20 bucks or 50. You know, I don't know what the tickets were, but, um, you know, and and you do the, the show night after night after night after night. And, you know, so that was my early training. And anyway, go back to college, end up getting a dance degree, um, a BFA in dance. I also doubled um with a degree in communications. So I have a BS in public relations communications uh, as well from Southwest Missouri State University. And that was the, that was my training. That was kind of a long answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, okay, there's a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was so much that was going on in, in those years. I was hungry, 
hungry. So I was involved in, you know, we were part of the theater and dance program. So, you know, we were doing dance concerts and we were doing lecture demonstrations at area elementary school. I was involved in some of the musicals that were, or in some of the straight plays that were going on on campus as well. There was a local community, uh, a community theater as well, uh, Springfield Little Theater at the historic Landers Theater, uh, where Doris Humphrey used to perform, you know, with the Denishon company and all, you know, back in the vaudeville days, um, you know, so I, I was doing musicals there as well. I continued to do um, summer stock shows uh, back in Texas and in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma and in Galveston, Texas. And, uh, you know, so I was, I was like, I was just hungry. In addition to all that, I was also performing, you know, me and my friends did some, um, some, some shows at the local bars on weekends. So we had like these variety acts and shows. So we were performing. So constantly, constantly doing stuff. And when that wasn't enough, we were doing studio shows in our free time. It's like, and it's like, Hey, who wants to do a show? Yeah. Let's sign out the studio. And we would do shows. And then <laughs> my senior is like, I, I put on a solo concert, not because it was required. It wasn't like a capstone. It was just because it's like, Hey, I, you know, when am I going to have a theater available to me for free? So, yeah. um, so, so I put on a one man show and uh, yeah, because I could, you know, I was just hungry and anything and everything that, that I could get involved in, I did for better or for worse. But I had, um, you know, if the, if the experiences weren't there, then I created the experiences or me and my friends created the experiences. And that actually kind of continues, you know, later in my career, you know, that's what Somar Dance Works, my company, uh, it was all about. It's because I, I wanted more opportunities to perform and choreograph and, and do shows as, you know, so it was the same idea. Um, you know, the opportunity is not there. Just make it. Yeah. Let's, let's just do our own show. Yeah, no, exactly. I feel like that's so much your motto and how you live your life always. You know, at school, you would say carpe the diem, right? Yeah. The day. yeah, well, that's that's the school's <laughs> motto, of course. Yes, but that's your that's your way of living. I feel like you just go for it and you make those opportunities. And that's what's so, I don't know, it's so cool to see. And it's it's fun for me to hear you talk about your early training and how that all got started, because I think it very much translated to the rest of your career up until the point where we got involved with you as our mentor. Yeah, yeah. What, one of the crazy things, you know, uh, I mean, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm, I'm very interested in photography and, uh, and video things. And, and at one point I was kind of looking back at some of my old pictures and I, I remembered that in my high school days doing like um, doing one of our dance concerts, you know, when I was the director of the, that dance concert, I put together a video slideshow pictures of, you know, the dancers in rehearsals that I, I set to the music at, uh, you know, that, that preceded, you know, that was the introduction to the concert. And I realized, oh, my God, I was making music videos with dance photography back in 1981. I've been doing, yeah, and it's the stuff I still do. I, I, I take, you know, dance pictures and videos and make promos for, for Mercyhurst Dance Department or for Somar Dance Works. Um, I'm still doing the same thing that I did back then. 
and that kind of boggled my mind when I realized that it's like those those early <laughs> those early days. Excuse me while I cough. <clears throat> all all those things. I'm still doing that. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, so after my, you know, so if you want to talk about college or the career after college, I graduated from Southwest Missouri State and I had this dual degrees and um, I didn't know where I, you know, I, I had multiple interests. I was interested in concert dance, modern dance. I was also very interested in the musical theater dance and, um, you know, I wasn't sure which direction to go. Um, Mark, we're curious where yeah. along the timeline did you've been in like commercials, correct? And didn't you also perform once at the Olympics? When did all of this happen? Were these <laughs> opportunities you got from being in a company or were these freelance work? Um, um, <laughs> a, a little of every, it was, I don't know. So, uh, the, yeah, the career went everywhere and you know won an emmy award also by the way <laughs> somewhere yeah. along the line um it's yeah it's 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 it was kind of it's crazy thing so like i said i, I couldn't really I, I couldn't choose which direction i wanted to go so basically um upon graduation i thought well wherever the wherever i get a job offer is where i'm gonna go so my first job offer i um, I auditioned for a company called Dance Kaleidoscope, and they are based in Indianapolis, Indiana. They are now celebrating their 50th year um, um, with as, as a company. Um, and one of our alums, Sarah Taylor, we were just talking about her. She is currently with the company, which is kind of cool. Uh, she's in with the company for her fourth year. I was with Dance Kaleidoscope for three years. I auditioned, got into the company, and at the time, it was very much a repertory company. And uh, we, you know, in the three years I was there, I worked with, I don't know, maybe 20 different choreographers. Um, many of them I got to work with firsthand. Some of them, it was just older rep that, that I was taught. But, uh, but I, I did the work of 20 different choreographers. And it was very diverse. So some of the things were very jazzy. Some of the things were very traditional, modern. Some of the things were a little, you know, more cutting edge. Um, in those years, I got to work with Ohad Naharin before he was the huge name that he is today. So for those of you not interested or not familiar with Ohad, if you've heard of Gaga dancing, he's the, uh, the, the creator of Gaga style movement, has nothing to do with Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> he was the director of the Bacheva company in Israel. Anyway, um, he came and, and worked with Dance Kaleidoscope on a couple of pieces and set, set some of his works <clears throat> on us. So I got to work with Ohad, got to work with, um, with uh, Mark Dendy, who was, you know, on the cover of dance magazine at the time called the bad boy of modern dance and, and everything. So I got to work with a number of different people. And um, that was a huge learning. You know, for me, it was fresh out of college. I didn't have you know, a lot of the technical training that I needed. So my, my years in dance kaleidoscope, um, I really cleaned up my technique a lot. Um, found myself a, a, a personal ballet coach and they took me through the Vaganova technique from square one. 
and wow. it was it was it was a uh, it was a humbling experience, but uh, but it cleaned up my technique considerably, and all of a sudden, I'm doing five pirouettes, seven pirouettes, eight pirouettes, you know, at will. It's like okay, watch this spinning like a top, um, because I could apply all of that basic stuff to everything that I had already learned how to do and all the tricks and, and everything just got much cleaner anyway. So, so my, my years in dance kaleidoscope was amazing. And, uh, and I learned so much, but I also realized that I didn't want to spend my entire career because everyone knows dancer careers are relatively short. <clears throat> and much as I liked Indianapolis, and much as I liked Dance Kaleidoscope at those times, um, I, I didn't want to spend my whole career there. And I still had these interests outside, you know, in the commercial dance. So I uh, packed on up and went to New York City and, um, and, and auditioned for some Broadway musicals and, and some touring musicals and, and things like that. And uh, I was very fortunate within that first, that first, you know, that first audition, I ended up landing a gig in the international tour of The King and I, and I got to work with Jamie Hammerstein, the son of Oscar Hammerstein, as in Rogers and Hammerstein. So, you know, it wasn't the horse's mouth, but it was the son of the horse. Um, when I did The King and I, I got to work with uh, uh, our choreographer was Yuriko. Yuriko was in the original production of The King and I with Jerome Robbins. She was in the film, Run, Eliza, Run. That's her, Yuriko. I got to work with Yuriko. She just passed away this past year um, at 102. So at the time she was like, 69 70 <clears throat> but she was still feisty and i got to got to learn the original jerome robbins choreography for the king and i from yuriko herself and uh, we toured the u.s and we went to japan and uh, did some work there but more importantly i mean so that was an amazing experience for me but more importantly that got me into actors equity association which is the professional actors and stage hand uh, stage managers union and so <clears throat> every show on broadway all of those actors are members of actors equity um so i was fortunate to get into um the union doing that show that show led to, and I could go into plenty of details about plenty of crazy things that happened, but, but that show basically led for me to get into uh, an international tour of West Side Story, which I loved because that, that movie kind of changed my life and got me interested in dance to begin with. Um, so I got to do West Side Story, and that also led to... Um, in a roundabout way, me getting uh, the national tour of uh, a chorus line, uh, which I did for two and a half years, and like hundred different cities, you know, and and uh, eight shows a week. I did that show like over six hundred times, city after city after city. You know, each each week was a new was opening night in a new city, and we played 
you know, we played Los Angeles, we played Honolulu, we played Anchorage, Alaska, we played Shreveport, we played Peoria, we played, we, we played Erie, Pennsylvania, we played, um, you know, we played New York, we played, you know, all over, we, we did that show. So, um, Mark, my question though now, sure, yes, favorite place that you toured in, if you went in all these places oh. and you had to choose just one place, God, or a specific um, venue, or yeah, or a venue, um, you know, I, I, I can't choose one because, you know, so in addition to all of those tours, I also toured with, you know, somewhere along the line, I ended up going back into concert dance and, and, and I joined, um, the, the amazing company <laughs> that had, I'd always been a fan of Palabalus Dance Theater and Palabalus you know, we, we played, <coughs> I, I toured all over the world with that company. So um, it, it's hard. It's really hard to choose one place. Uh, I, I loved, you know, playing, <coughs> playing uh, the Schubert in, in Boston with a course line was, a, you know, that's a beautiful theater playing the Schubert theater in Los Angeles and being there in LA for three weeks was amazing. Um, you know, quite, quite the thing, you know, playing, playing the Kennedy center um, for with Palabalus for Kennedy center's 25th anniversary. That's where we, that's where I got the Emmy award um, uh, playing there, you know, in front of, you know, I don't know, everybody um, sharing the stage with, with, um, oh God, everybody was at that, at that 25th anniversary of the Kennedy center, you know, so we're, we're talking Broadway stars. We're talking pop stars. We're talking opera stars. We're talking, you know, ABT and, and the, a, you know, uh, dance theater of Harlem. And like, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know. I don't remember if the Graham company performed, you know, it's like, everybody was at that performance um you know but some of the opera houses that we played in italy was amazing so it's it's really you know i played i performed at the sheik's palace in abu dhabi wow. so um yeah so that was that was crazy um that was our, i was already teaching at mercyhurst back then um so yeah palabalus called me up they had the special gig they said hey can you come on out to abu dhabi it's like yes <laughs> Um, we performed yeah so so picking one place is, is really hard yeah. um so you, you you mentioned the olympics so um when i was with palabola stance theater we performed at the o, the olympics when it, they were in atlanta georgia um, um the commercial i did a commercial for the hyundai santa fe uh that was also palabolas they called me up um, I was already teaching at Mercyhurst and they called me. I said, you know, we got this gig out in, in Hollywood. Can you fly on out and do this commercial? It's like, yeah, <laughs> so I'll make that happen. So, um, so yeah, those, those kinds of extra gigs um, were, were through Palabolas. Um, but when I was doing a course line, we, we ended up performing on the Arsenio Hall show. That was, it was a late night talk show um, similar to the tonight show. Um, hosted by Arsenio Hall. So we, we performed out there with them. Uh, we had, did a performance for, um, for 
a, a program called Behind the Scenes on ETV. It was a cable show. You know, we did that. Performed, uh, you know, on on Regis and Kathy Lee talk show a, a couple times. So I got to hang out and do a little partnering with Regis Philbin. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. So yeah, the crazy, crazy things happened in the career. Um, and I could go on and on and on. But what other questions? What else you got? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all like so fun to, to hear about. Um, I guess the next thing we were wondering is, were there any stresses being on tour? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, being on tour, I loved it. And, and I will say I was, I was always kind of, I, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career in that, um, you know, I, I never really, I never had to wait tables. I never had to do any of those extra things. You know, once I started my performing career, all every job I've ever had since then um, has been, you know, performing or choreographing or teaching. So it's always been, um, it, it's always been part of, you know, this, this whole genre, the thing. Um, and I, I feel I was able to do that partly because I was willing to do anything for my career, for better or for worse. <clears throat> um, when I was touring, um, I, had, I had been married prior to uh, Solvay. Um, I had a first wife and you know, and she was in the business. Um, she still is sort of. Um, but, uh, you know, so sometimes we, we would work together and we were together 24 seven. And sometimes I would be off on tour. And so we'd, I'd never see her like maybe, maybe once a one month or I'd have one day off on tour and I'd fly home and, you know, and hang out with my wife and then be back on tour. You know, so we were either together all the time or we were never together. And, you know, that's, it's, that touring is tough on a relationship. It can be very, very tough on a relationship. Um, and, uh, and it, it took its toll. So, uh, so as you may have surmised that, that marriage, you know, lasted about seven years. And then, and then that was, that was that we end, end up choosing to go separate ways and uh anyway so because of that uh, once i got involved with solvey and we started a family that's that was the impetus for <coughs> for me i said it's time to get off the road because i did not want a second marriage and a you know relationship with a child um to suffer from always being away and out on the road. That was, that was not a sacrifice I was willing to make. So um, that's when, that's when I stopped touring, even though I was only with Palopolis for three years and I was really hoping to stick with that company much longer. I loved, loved, loved working with that company. And I thought I, you know, I could be there for a long time. But when, when we started the family, it's like, no, things got to change. And that's when I found my first teaching position. And um, there was a, an artist in residence position at my alma mater, Southwest Missouri State University. 
and uh, they did not require uh, <clears throat> an advanced degree. They didn't require masters to for that position. It was an artisan residence position, and so it was like the perfect opportunity for me to start teaching full time to see if it was something that if that was the direction I wanted to go in. And um, so I did that. And it was a very safe environment because I knew the school. I knew the colleagues were some of my teachers. And um, I knew the kind of students that went there because I was exactly like them. <clears throat> and, so in other words, uh, then teaching was never really in the plan to be <clears throat> <laughs> honestly no no it was nothing that i dreamed of it was like oh this is my calling um yeah and yet and yet um i i feel it's it, it's been compatible for me and i have learned to love it and you know but but it was it was a it was it was a rough transition because you know, my, at, at that time, in those early years, my heart really, I still had the heart of a performer and I was still hungry to perform. And, uh, um, you know, so I, I made those sacrifices for, for the family, which I do not regret at all, but it was, it was a rough transition. And, um, and going from, you know, <laughs> The, the company lifestyle of Palabolus in particular, which was, you know, uh, just very creative and very open and very, all this back into a position where it's like, okay, I have to watch my language and I have to watch, you know, you know, certain things don't fly in academia that, that they did in Palabolus. So I will leave it at that. And, uh, um, and so I, you know, it was, it was a st steep learning curve for me. Um, <laughs> teaching at SMS, uh, it was, they limited that to two years and then they kick you out and then they brought in another artist in residence. So after two years, um, it's like, okay, well, what do I do? And I applied and, um, and fortunately for me, the, the job offer that came along was, was Mercyhurst. And that was in the fall of 2020. No, of 2000, the fall of 2000. Um, and, yes, I know I misspoke. I misspoke. Um, yeah, you know, so it, it, was, it was the fall of 2000. And yeah, so uh, I, I packed up the family. <clears throat> that was the only job offer on the table. So, you know, of course, that's that was where yeah, I chose to go. It's like, hmm. So, either did Solvay both get the job offer? Was it or was it like you first and then she? It, it was me. It was me. Um, and it was only one. It was only one position. So I I applied and I got that gig, and um, and. You know, shortly thereafter, Solvay started teaching part-time adjunct and started teaching a little bit more adjunct and started teaching a little bit more adjunct. And then that became um, a full-time position. She applied for that position. She got it. <coughs> and um, so that's how she ended up uh, teaching full-time there. Um, she actually outranks me because 
Um, at the time when I started, I, I didn't have my master's. So when I got my job offer here at Mercyhurst, they said, they said, okay, you can have the job, but you have to get your master's. So I started, I started grad school shortly thereafter. And it took a couple years, but um, I got my master's and, uh, and Solvay at that time also started going to grad school. So she got her master's. Um, I, I, and then she went and got a second master's. So she ended up getting an MFA, which then made her eligible to, to go for tenure at Mercyhurst. So because I never got my MFA, uh, I was never on the tenure track. And again, that was just, um, you know, a, a choice I made. So Solvay actually outranks me as far as academia, academia goes, even though I've been teaching here longer than she has. Um, but she outranks me as an associate professor, and I'm still kind of on the low rung of the ladder as, a, as an assistant professor. And that's okay. That was never like anything that was terribly important to me because I still, you know, I've, you know, they keep renewing my contract, which is good. And I keep doing what I want to do, which is choreograph and teach and teach and, and, and do, do all, you know, I, I want to spend my time in the studio and, uh, and, and that's what I get to do the majority of the time. So, uh, so that's kind of a cool, happy thing for me. Yeah. It sounds like you really lucked out. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize how that all came to be, but Sounds like you're you're happy where you are, and that's oh yeah yeah I've been happy and and yes at a certain point I did I I did go fishing I went looking around uh, yeah it's like what else who else you know where where else might there be opportunities um, and there was a nibble here there was a nibble there and but uh, but no real job offers so you know it's like you know I guess we're just going to stay here in Erie and and Mercyhurst has treated us well and. And of course, you know, my, what my, my goal was to provide a stable environment for my child to grow up in. So when I grew up, my family didn't move around. It's like, you know, home was home and that was, and that was that. And I wanted to, I very much wanted to provide that kind of stable environment for my child, Ella Ray, um, so, so we succeeded in that. Um, we didn't move around and, and uh, you know, and, and um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that was important to me. And at this point, it's like, you know, I think we're just going to stick around until it's, it's time to retire uh, because, because moving is such a pain. <laughs> I, used, I, I had moved around so much again back back in my in my in my performing days touring days um i was literally homeless for over two years because everything was just in storage and i was living uh you know i was living on the road and um you know either you know either touring or doing dinner theater productions where they provided housing or or things like that so um so i was literally homeless for a while. So, um, you know, being stable was kind of a novelty for me. And what, what's crazy is I've now been here in this house in Erie longer than the house I grew up in. Yeah. You know, so, 
and yet I still very much feel like it's like oh I'm I'm just still new to Erie. It's like no, I've been here longer than anywhere else in my life. Yeah. So so, so there's a, a bit of denial going on here. <laughs> uh, but but Erie has 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 been. Uh, has, has treated us well and Mercyhurst has, has treated us well. And, um, and, you know, we've been able to continue doing what we want to do, choreographing and doing some performing and, and, uh, and of course, teaching and yeah. getting to mold mo young minds such as yourselves. <laughs> um, hey, we're happy to be molded. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. So, uh, what else? What else? Uh, there, there's, there's so, it's crazy. So there, there, there really is, is so much. I mean, um, yeah, I think I, we touched on this. Uh, it's, it's about, you know, for me, it's not about, it, 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 it's not about climbing the ranks of, you know, from instructor to assistant professor to associate professor to full professor, you know, that, that means so little to me personally. Um, it's for me, it's, it's about doing, doing the work. And, you know, that's, that's what I find interesting and the work, you know, create, creating my art. Um, and it was, took me a long time for me to, <laughs> to refer to myself as an artist. I always, felt that was, you know, so hoity-toity and too artsy-fartsy. It's like, you know, I'm a dancer and I do my work and I, I go out and I, I, I perform or I choreograph or I, I, I do that. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about it as my art. So I'm, I'm doing my art, I'm doing my work. Um, and, and I find where, where I'm, what's interesting to me now is not just choreographing dances, like how do I, how do I integrate everything that I'm interested in into what I do? So I find that I'm, you know, integrating photography, dance photography. That's, that's like one of the new challenges, you know, how do I get better at that? Um, dance for camera or screen dance or whatever you choose to call it. Um, dance for camera. Um, that's another thing that's, you know, very interesting for me and it's opening up new possibilities certainly through pandemics and whatnot. So that's, that's a new challenge for me there. Um, but also integrating, you know, I, I, I did years as, as an actor. So how do I integrate text and writing poetry and, and all of these things into my work? How do I integrate projected images into to my work? So it's like, you know, this, those, this mishmash of multimedia, multi-genre stuff. So you know, I'm, I'm choreographing things that are like contemporary point work. I, oh, and the next thing might be a tap dance and might be, you know, a spoken text, something. It might be, you know, like this, this is where my interests lie. I've, I, I continue to be, you know, interested in all sorts of things and not just one thing. And I, I'm, I'm doing more and more music composition. So writing, writing the, the soundtracks for my own dances or the videos or things like that. So I mean, it's, it's all of that is, is how I continue to challenge myself. Um, you know, again, better for worse. I, you know, when I'm, when I'm making my, my music composition, I'm painfully aware of my limitations as a musician, as, as a composer, but, uh, 
but that's where the challenges are. And, and, um, and, and I, yeah, cause I, I know it's like, Oh, you need me to choreograph an eight minute piece. Yeah. I can, I, I can, I can throw something out there. Okay. But, you know, but, but where, what's going to be challenging and what's going to make it interesting, you know? So that's, that's, that's when all these other elements come in and, uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah. You really do oh. we got to witness so much during our time, exactly what you're saying about combining all the different interests. I mean, you did so much for us in so many different avenues, whether it be taking our senior photos or doing a dance for camera for fun or during SOMAR, like you said, doing spoken word or um, all these other things, combining different forms of media. And yeah, it's very accurate to what you were saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, going back in my early training, because everything was so eclectic and then, you know, with dance kaleidoscope, we were doing so many different kinds of things and then switching the musical theater, so many different kinds of things. Um, you know, that that's what continues to interest me. And I, I think if I were just pigeonholed into doing one kind of thing, only that I, it would probably drive me nuts <laughs> yeah. you know so uh, and and i hope you know as, as far as modeling goes you know modeling my behavior and letting the young artists that i'm working with it's like you know you can you can make your art out of anything that interests you whether it's poetry or whether it's you know whether it's podcasting or whether it's you know um you know you know, painting or sculpture or, you know, just get out there and, and do your art. And you don't have to just do your art like somebody else's art. It's like, do, you know, do what interests you, whatever that is, and create and contribute to the world and, and you know, be a creator and not just somebody that tears down other people's stuff. You know, mm -hmm. it's too easy to criticize and tear down other people's work. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's much more, you know, it does the world so much better to create in, in whatever it is, um, you know, as a teacher, as a choreographer, as an artist, as, as, you know, just contribute to society, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, as a positive force. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that whatever it is, like just, you know, the, the world is, struggling so much in so many ways it's like how can you how can we bring people together how can we uplift one another how can we how can we contribute to society in a positive way that's sort of my unspoken message my own unspoken mission in in all of this you know oh, yeah. it's like you know when i make my little dances here in erie it's like is that is that changing the world you know probably not but it you know but i'm but i'm doing what i can yeah. You know, and, and trying to, you know, if it brightens somebody's day or, or if it, if it changes the way that they view something, um, you know, or if I can contribute by adding, you know, some beautiful pictures, you know, for, you know, for a, a, a young dancer that needs some portraits or anything like that, you know, something that they can hang on to and share and just make the world a better place than, than, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah. I, I feel that's, that's the, what, what the world needs more of. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like you've mentored all of us to do that and to have our own voices. I remember, you know, at the beginning of choreography, 
one, I think it was, you gave us the cards. Oh, yeah. Artistic yeah. license. Yeah. Uh, I need to print some more up. I'm, I've run out. <laughs> It's you know, so for those of you who don't know, I was going to show it, hold it to the camera, but you don't. It's this is what I, I, I hand out a, a, a I made up an artistic license that's um, that uh, yeah, yeah, but clearly you know, it's just, because we remember it. Yeah, we that was back from like I think sophomore year, yeah, years out. Um, and you know, I I just wanted to ask you a question about Somar. Um, yeah. When you moved to Erie, did you and Solvay kind of come together and you were like, this is something we really want to do with the students that we're teaching? Or was it, you know, how did that okay. come So, so dance works, um, we've been around for 22 years now, which is crazy. Um, we, we, we coined the the name Somar Dance Works, which of course is a contraction of Solvay and Mark. So, um, you know, so Somar, uh, sort of in the tradition, we didn't, I didn't realize this at the time, but it's like, hey, that's just what uh, Denishon did, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, Somar Dance Works was just something that we called ourselves when we started performing. Um, in 1999, when we were still in Missouri, we were invited to perform for the, uh, the opening convocation of the Missouri Fine Arts Academy. So we got in the studio and we choreographed a piece, um, our first duet working together um, called Twine. And it was very much in the traditions of Palabolus and Momics, where of course we came from. So a ton of partnering, really hard stuff. And uh, I love this. It's one of my favorite pieces that I've ever created was, was Twine. Anyway, so that's where we, we started call, calling ourselves Somar Dance Works. And when we moved to Erie and started performing for the Erie Festival of Dance and performing, uh, you know, as guest artists with various other companies, we always called ourselves Somar Dance Works. And, um, you know, we, we choreographed a few more pieces here and there. <coughs> and uh, I had this, this notion I wanted to do full length concerts, but doing a full length concert with only two people is awfully tiring. It can be done, and I've seen it done, and that's where dance for camera stuff also comes into play. You know, so you 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 show a film while you rest, or you change costumes, or whatnot. Um, but uh, but somewhere along the line, I thought, you know, I, I wanted to do a full length concert, and we applied for the Pennsylvania Council of the Arts, the uh, um, uh, PPA grant, and uh, through the Erie Arts and Culture. At the time, I think they were called Arts Erie, but we applied for that and we didn't have to have the not-for-profit 501c3 status. So it was like just kind of open for any artist to apply. And we applied for that grant and lo and behold, we were given a little grant money. And so we used that money to, to put our first full-length Somar concert together. And we invited some of our some of our students that we were interested in working with. I said, do you guys want to be in Somar Dance Works? So we, uh, we ended up with six, six uh, dancers. They were like seniors and juniors and they were all of our upper level dancers and they were dynamic performers. And, um, and we invited them and we did our first concert called Somar Dance Works in Concerts, terribly clever. But it was you know, straightforward, and we did our first concert. 
Um, we rented a space and converted it into a concert hall. We got Mr. Gleason to be our technical director and, uh, and we did our first concert and, um, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And we, we got a very nice response. And uh, the next year we did it again. And the next year we did it again, we did it again. And that was, um, um, and that was the start of the company portion of Somar. So, so that the first full concert was in 2007. And at a certain point, then we started having auditions, um, opening up for auditions. And we, uh, um, we always tried, I don't know how much we succeeded, but we always tried to have a separate identity from Mercyhurst. Um, so we, you know, so Somar, we, whenever possible, we, we did our concerts off campus and, um, and uh, at various places um, around, around town, you know, but we, we tried to have a separate identity. So it wasn't perceived as just another Mercyhurst concert. Um, you know, at a certain point we started doing more shows on campus. So that line got a little blurred <laughs> and things, um, but uh, you know, and then COVID hit and, you know, we're back on campus for the uh, for this last year and this next year. Um, it is certainly easier that way, but uh, you know, I think in the future, if, if possible, if we can afford it, we'll, we'll kind of try to separate ourselves again. So that, that's, that was, that's the bit with Somar. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> um, and, you know, I, I just wanted to say that I've enjoyed having the opportunity to do some performing off campus too. I remember, I forget what park we were in, but it was oh, fr Frontier Park. Yeah. Yeah, for... yeah. In the summer. And that was awesome. Um, and yeah. they had the giant puppets thing. <laughs> yep. That one. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you gave your students so many amazing opportunities that set, I feel like our, you know, Mercyhurst University apart from some other universities, right? Because we have this ballet-based program, but you're also offering modern and exploring and doing other things that, you know, I never thought I would do coming into to Mercyhurst. And, you know, I think about you and Solvay almost every day in different ways and how you guys have impacted my life. Um, oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. true. It's true. Thank you, like Hannah was saying, for such a ballet-based program, you know, we get a lot of bunheads that come to Mercyhurst and it's cool to see people being put outside their comfort zone and trying these new things and getting to do the types of works that are done in Somar. So that well, yeah, that, I mean, I will be very honest. That that's one of the challenges for Solvay and I is, you know, trying to uh, to convince the the ballet, you know, the, the young women that come in that dream of wearing their tutus and tiaras and point shoes it's like you know there's a whole world of dance outside of that you know i mean all of that is 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 beautiful and fantastic and 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 you know i have a love for it too but but there's so much more to the dance world um mm -hmm. or there's so much more to the world than just that and yeah. and um and really all you need to do is kind of open your 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 eyes and your 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 hearts to that and you'll find that you know you are capable and and there are so many op 
it's going to open up so many more opportunities as well. Yeah, um, and you develop a versatility there that maybe you didn't have before coming into college, being able to do styles than just the ballet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first day of modern, I I I, I try to. Uh, share my thought for the week and that is like dance is dance you know and anything else uh, all the divisions that's that's just specific i mean that's choreography and that's that's the style you know stylistically but a plie is a plie and a tondu is a tondu and shift of weight is a shift of weight you know and everything else is just stylized you know how do you style it differently so exactly um, yeah, yeah. You know, you opened, I know, my eyes to that. I think Kristen's eyes to that, too. And, you know, we couldn't be more grateful. So thank you for, for touching our lives and for being on this podcast today. It's been great to catch up with you. You Mike. are welcome. And, boy, I just kept talking for an hour, didn't I? Sorry about that. No, all good. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much, Mark. You are very, very welcome. And thanks again for the invitation. <laughs> thanks for tuning into Abundance. We appreciate your support. We hope to have PK in your interest. Feel free to contact us at AbundancePodcast5678 at gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear. That is Abundance without parentheses. Go dance yourself silly. Bye for now. A special thank you to Richard D. Fiore for our lovely podcast tune and Matt Mellish for our cover art.